Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy and friends are resting this week and will return next week. However, we have a leader from our local church community giving today's message. Today's sermon is given by Pastor Billy Kim, Director of Communications at 180 Church and Chaplain at NYU. Now that we are more than six months into this pandemic and New York City is in its final stage, much of the conversation has been about how our society is heading toward a new one. If you're unfamiliar with that term, it is a state in which our economy and society settles after a crisis. In other words, when something drastic happens in our external environment, it affects the way we act and behave in ways that we've never done before. And the truth is, for all of us, we've been experiencing this new norm in different ways. For example, for some of us, it's working from home. Before COVID, this was an idea that was floating around in different companies. But now that COVID hit and we were forced to lock down and work from our apartments and our houses, companies are realizing that the productivity doesn't change whether you're working from your houses or from the office. And as a result, work policies are starting to change. And they're realizing they could actually save money cutting down on commercial real estate. This also has affected the way employees are figuring out where they're living. Because if you're working in a city that has high rent and you don't have to go to the office or go to the office as often, um, they could find cheaper rent. But this is not just an effect on the workplace or the economy, but also education. For some of you guys are students and you guys are really experiencing this new norm, learning virtually. And I know for many of you guys, you guys hate learning from Zoom, but as a result, that's the new form of education that's actually shifting at this time. And But it's not only education or economy, but also society-wise. For example, dating. Um, I know anecdotally from certain people, because of the COVID, you don't want to spread the disease or you don't want to get the disease. So it's changing the way people are interacting with one another because if you are physically limited in certain things, well, now you have to start talking. You have to start building the art of conversation to actually get to know one another when you are actually physically limited. So in the same way how this pandemic has created new norm in our economy and our society, it has also affected us spiritually and the way we live our faith. Uh, for example, this is, a, this is what's going on where we actually had to move to remote services. And in fact, we actually saw Dr. Sammy preach in the middle of a storm last week. Um, and so with all these changes and these new norms that are happening, it can actually quite feel overwhelming and quite unstable. But I just want to let you know that not all change is bad. In fact, change could actually lead to better and healthier things. In fact, that's what organizational leadership is all about. Um, they, it's all about identifying and recognizing the changes in our external environment to properly adapt so we can not only just survive, but really thrive. And I say this because the primary goal and mission of the church, especially our church, is to join God to restore the beauty in all things. Right? It's grounded in the Great Commission where we are called to make Christ known. And so that doesn't stop that doesn't stop just because we don't have a physical building. You know, the Bible repeats again and again that we are the church. 
not the building, but it's people. And so even in this environment that we find ourselves in, it's about learning how to recognize the changes and continuing to make Christ known. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how we as a church can continue to remain in our mission while adapting to the new world around us. And so we're going to go into the scriptures and we're going to find out how. So I'll see you in a few Hello everyone, happy Sunday. Today's scripture reading is going to be Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you, who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. That is the word of the Lord. Amen. So the question we asked from the very beginning was, how does the church remain in mission while adapting to the new norm around us? Well, the first lesson is this, is to cultivate different expressions while holding on to the same mission. And we see this in verse 1, where it says, in those days when the number of disciples were increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So here you even see the early church struggling to adapt to their new norm. And so what is the new change in their external environment? Well, because of their growth, new cultures started coming. They were no longer a homogeneous community. They were a heterogeneous one where Hellenistic Jews started coming into their community, exposing their implicit racism and bias. And you might ask, what's the difference between a Hellenistic and a Hebraic Jew? Well, a Hebraic Jew was one that was born in Israel, whereas a Hellenistic Jew was one that grew up in the Greek language and culture. In other words, it's the same as someone that is uh, native Korean and someone that's Korean American or native Chinese or Chinese American. Same, but because they were brought up culturally different with a different language, there was much tension and miscommunication between the two. And here it's to a point where the Hellenistic Jewish widows were being overlooked. And so what happens? In verse two, it says, so the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men among you who are known to be full of wisdom and spirit. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. So what did the disciples do? They empowered the community to address this need. You see, the apostles could have continued to, uh, continued to proclaim and preach the gospel, but they saw it to be equally important to take care of their community, especially those that are marginalized and those that are in most need. 
because I say this because in verse 2, it might appear that this task seems beneath the leaders, almost dismissive in a way. But I want to tell you that that's not true because even me as a pastor and as a staff in this church, if you look at my resume, I was a busboy, I was a waiter, and you know I sometimes operate in an Airbnb business. You know I'm in the hospitality business. So this passage is not saying that there that they are bad, but they are just equally important. Because the truth is, you could continue to proclaim the gospel and have so many new people come in, but if you don't take care of the community, you could easily have them fall away. And in the same way, if you just address community needs or social justice needs, right? Um, even though it's great, it would just feed into our insularity and consumerism. Both are needed to continue to the, do the mission of the church. And so what this passage is really showing is really more about teamwork. That every, every person, every ministry, no matter how small, is important to the overall mission, which is to make Christ known and to share and spread his good news, good news to everybody that's in need. So that means whether you're a pastor or just a member, whether you are, have a big role in the ministry or a small role, everyone is equally important in sharing the responsibility to take care of anything that they see that are in need. For example, I shared this before, but when we needed to raise the awareness of social injustice, it was actually members in our community like Hyung and Michelle that actually stepped up uh, to address this need. It was our students in Wadidi Fellowship that actually created a fundraiser to make sure that this uh, awareness of social injustice was being spread as much as possible. It wasn't me. I was, I was a bystander. They were the ones that actually took up the cause. In fact, that's what, something that they did again this week. They actually told me, Pastor Billy, we need to actually create an Instagram handle for 180 Fellowship. You know, I pushed back. I was like, why do we need it? We already have a church handle. Why do we need one for 180 Fellowship? And first, they said, you know, I was old, and they called me OK Boomer, but they were joking, hopefully. But what they were, what they were telling me is that, yeah, the church Instagram handle is great, but it's too big. You know, it reaches a wide audience across the nation and across the globe. They were saying that they needed another Instagram handle to specifically look out for our college students who are away uh, this semester because of the pandemic um, that are all across the nation and to the world. They were saying that we needed to find something that would bring them together to help them be reminded of the church, about Christ, and about the good news. And you know when I heard that? I knew that they were right. And you know what's interesting about this and what I feel so encouraged by? As they are the ones taking up this task, it's really cool to see the fellowship, in, even though they're across the world, coming together for this mission. And it's really cool too, because it's even amazing to see that even our seekers in our fellowship, they're the ones that actually care about most about how this handle is actually being made. They are the ones that actually are the ones that are putting the most effort to make sure, make sure it's as high quality as possible so that new students that are coming in might actually benefit from our club and what we represent and the message of the good news that we're trying to perpetuate. And isn't that amazing? But it's not just our fellowship, but I've seen it during this pandemic with Andy and the care package uh, stuff that's going on, the Hills and Valleys care packages. Because in the beginning of the pandemic, 
when our healthcare workers and our essential workers were struggling because it was just overwhelming. It was actually Andy's idea of the hills and valleys that uh, in, that encouraged our community to actually be, help them remind them that they're not alone in this. And I remember hearing so many praise reports saying that they're so grateful and thankful that they that they have a, a community that's supporting them. And that was not our idea as the staff, but it was Andy who was a member of our church. And it's not even just with Andy too, but this also happened a couple of years ago with the young adults. Uh, they created a Bible study because they wanted to learn the Bible together and read the stories together. And it was in that group where they were like, first, no pastors allowed. But secondly, that's where Joey, who was a former atheist at that, agnostic at that time and seeker at that time, joined the group. And it was in the Bible studies that was one of the great contributing factors for her to really understand that the Bible is real, that God is good, that helped their leader to come to Christ. You know, it just goes to show that the church is only as strong as as resilient as its members. And it, and it really shows that no matter who you are, whether you have a role or not, or a title or not, it is a shared responsibility for all, for those who believe, that are called to step up when we see a need. And you know, I say that to our fellowship all the time. You know, I tell them, you can only go as far as you want to take it to be because as, as a pastor and as a leader, I could only do so much. And also the fact that, and you know, I told them like, I, if I could, I would multiply myself, but I can't. And also, I don't think the world would want another pastor Billy. One is enough. If there was multiples of me, I think I would actually offend so many people that no many people, no other people will come to fellowship anymore, or maybe even our church. You know, and and it, it's true. You know, the the church is called as a whole because we all have a shared responsibility to preach and declare and to follow whatever we see the needs are. And so that means for some of us. You know, some of us are dismissing ourselves, disqualifying ourselves because we don't have a role in the title. I just want to say, guys, that you are more than welcome to join any of our team. Um, whatever you feel your heart is, and join in and serve and help. And just because, just because we're in this pandemic, just because we're not meeting physically, that doesn't mean that we, don't, we can't not stop from actually sharing the good news of the gospel. You know, and that means for some of us that have a burning passion and desire that's in our lives, um, that probably is from God. And let us know. Maybe we could figure out a way where we could create another expression in our ministry that actually spreads the goodness of the gospel because that's, that's important to you. And that means that's important to us as it aligns and it shares and, 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 it, and it continues to spread the goodness of the gospel. And finally, I just want to say thank you for all those who have been serving faithfully, you know, especially those in the pandemic, you know, the people that are the unsung heroes, the people that their tasks are hitting, you know, those guys that are editing, you know, whether it's filming or the caption, I know how tedious that can be. I know those, even the, the time that you guys spend, even for those two, three sentences, but I just want to let you know that those things that you guys have been doing, especially during this pandemic, has mattered greatly. And I want to thank you guys for that. I want to thank you for the facilitators. And even before COVID, the sound team 
you know, that has faithfully set up every week. And even those that might I have forgotten, I just want to say I want to thank you guys. And I'm so grateful for this community that we could do this together to spread the good news of the gospel and show the good news of God's love and grace together. And so I want to thank you guys for that. So in the beginning, we asked the question, what does it mean for the church to remain in mission while adapting to the new home around them? This, this is the second lesson we learned. The second lesson we learned is to let go of rigidity and embrace flexibility. And we see this in verse 3, where it says, Brothers and sisters, choose seven men among you who are well known to be full of spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them. And verse 5 says, this proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Proprius, Nicander, Timon, Horminus, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert from Judaism. So they stopped. The apostles listened and they adapted. And they not only empowered disciples, but they empowered specifically Greek Jewish disciples because they were the ones that were most appropriated for this need and this task. And look what happened as a result. Verse 7 says, So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to faith. So isn't it interesting what happens when the leaders and the community embrace flexibility? You see, growth happened. And specifically in here, it wasn't just any kind of growth, but there was a breakthrough. There was a breakthrough and a new kind of people that were coming in, and it was the priests. And that's incredibly significant because these were probably the priests, the very same priests that probably threw Peter and John in jail. They were the very same priests that probably persecuted them. But because of the flexibility of what the disciples and the community embraced, the priests somehow came to know and saw that and actually heard the gospel and came to faith in it and in that community as well. Isn't that amazing? For example, I, I noticed that when we transitioned over to remote service during the pandemic, because to be tell you to tell you the truth, guys, to be preaching in front of a camera like this is really awkward, especially in the beginning, because I'm so used to interacting and engaging with you guys in in real life. You know, when you when I'm doing this and recording this in the park, it can get really awkward because you got you can't control your external environment here. You have people walking back and forth. You're wondering if people are listening to you, thinking that you're crazy. And even when you're in the moment and you're in the groove to it, something happens where a boat just toots its horns and just ruins your, your whole flow. You know, and in, it's in those moments that are happening. And, you know, you're trying to think of a different way to communicate the gospel. You wonder if it's worth it. Right? You wonder if it's working because you really don't know what's going on the other side of the screen. But what was really encouraging was something that happened a couple of weeks ago. And it was something when Doc finished preaching in one of the remote services where Anman and Jenny uh, group texted us. And they were thankful that we were continuing doing these remote services. And they shared a story about how because of this pandemic, uh, their grandmother came in and joined them for service. 
and actually heard the good news for the first time. And you know, when I heard that, I was reminded, this is why we do what we do. You know, we do these things and we risk these different kinds of formats and expressions because there are still so many other people that don't know Christ. And this might actually be an opportunity for them to get actually get to know who he is. And you know, that actually really helped me because when I was preparing for a 180 fellowship, you know, for this upcoming fall, to be honest with you, part of me was really discouraged because it's gonna be a whole different landscape that's going on in this fall. And one thing that came around my mind is that we have to do all these safety precautions and health precautions uh, for to engage and try to reach out with so many less people. Because you don't know how many, we don't know how many students are actually coming back to uh, the campus and in New York City, and it almost feels like you're doing so much for so little. And you know that story reminded me that why we do what we do is not for the numbers, but for those that might actually really need to hear for that one lost sheep. And so it's worth going above and beyond to go beyond the circumstance and the in the external environment that we're in, because. It's worth having one person really hear and know who it is. And so that's why we're doing the Date with the Sun, guys. You know, that's why I am excited to meet in the fall um, and to diligently do all these extra steps because especially what's going on in this environment, so many people are in need of hearing the good news of the gospel of peace and actually to actually engage in one another again. It's important for people to know whether it's in our community or maybe even your friends and family, to remind it and to know that there is a God with them, that there is a God for us, there is a God with us and among us, and to be filled by Him, whether it's for the first time or again. And so I want to invite you guys to that. You know, in the coming weeks, I want to challenge you guys to pray. You know, pray for this event and pray for the people that God is convicting you to maybe even invite to join in and to hear and to celebrate the good news of who God is. And maybe for some of us, if you want to help serve, I'm more, more than now to actually have you join our team in that way. But will you pray with me at the end in all this to join in and close in prayer for the upcoming weeks about how God could actually move in unique ways. So let's pray. So Lord, we just want to come before you. And Lord, we want to give all our fears, all our rigidity, all our uncertainty to you. And Lord, will you remind us once again to that our heart is to join you in restoring the beauty in all things. So will you continue to speak to us as Pastor Lydia leads us into this time of worship?
where you bow your heads for the benediction today. It's pretty dark out now, but beautiful out here. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, Amen. Good afternoon, everybody. We just want to thank you guys for joining us for our Sunday service this afternoon. Before we finish, we have some community news for everyone, and we're going to start off with tithes and offering. As a reminder, you can always tithe through Venmo at Church 180 through our website, 180church.tv, using PayPal, or you can tithe through Zelle and Chase QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv. Our next announcement is about the Bible Reading Group, which you can find on Instagram at 180BRG, as well as on Tumblr at 180BRG. And here we post just a chapter of the Bible every day and a verse of the Bible on the Instagram account so that we can continue to have God's Word present at all times in our lives because we don't live on bread alone but we live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Our next announcement is about the prayer text hotline, which you can find at 539-7-PRAYER or online at prayer at 180church.tv. Again, with everything that's going on in the world, sometimes we need a little bit of help. And the prayer text hotline is there so that we can lift up our requests, not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones, our friends, and our family to God. And so that we're not praying about these things alone, but we're praying for them in the context of community. Our next announcement is about small groups. And even though we're socially distancing from one another, it's still so important for us to continue to meet so that we can spur one another on, not just in faith in Christ, but spur one another on and encourage each other through the difficulties and the trials that are going on in life. No matter what stage of life you're in, we have a group that would be great for you. And right now, all of our groups are meeting online. So no matter where you are in the city or even in the country, we have a group that would be perfect for you. Our adult groups meet on Wednesdays at 7.30. Our young adult groups meet on Thursdays at 7.30. And our college group, the 180 Fellowship, meets on Fridays at 7.30. If you're interested in joining a group, you can email Pastor Billy at billykim.180 at gmail.com. So finally, we want to invite you to all our social media outlets. Clearly, we are social media savvy from all the lists that you see here, from Facebook to YouTube to podcasts. And I just want to encourage you guys to actually follow along because there's so much rich resources that could actually bless you. From insightful articles uh, through Dr. Sammy that he has written, um, especially from Christianity Today, uh, to insightful, thoughtful discussions on the podcast with Pastor Lydia and Joe Lou. In addition to this, uh, we have we have a new addition, which is our SoundCloud. And it's a worship playlist of all the things that Pastor Lydia has played throughout this pandemic. So if you've been blessed by any song throughout this time, you'll see it there. Use it as a way to connect with God, to remember that God is with you. and to be blessed by him and to bless others through this situation that's going on. Those are all of our announcements for this Sunday. We want to thank you guys once again for joining us, and we hope to see you soon.